In this episode, we look at the science of motivation. Get excited because this is Tiny Leaps. Big changes. Big changes. Welcome to another episode of Tiny Leaps, Big Changes, where I share simple strategies you can use to get more out of your life. My name is Greg Clunas, and in this episode, we are looking at a topic that is is quite beloved in this industry that we find ourselves in, and it's something that we, we tend to talk about a lot because most of us are sort of either struggling to have enough of it or we, we, we think we don't have enough of it, but we really do. Or is motivation really the problem? Like th- there's all these things around it. So I thought, you know what? Let's do an episode where we actually explore the root of motivation, the science behind it, how it actually works, what's going on in the brain that causes us to feel motivated and what that understanding can help us to do, how we can potentially utilize that understanding to keep ourselves motivated and give ourselves the motivation we need when we are struggling to find it. So this is something that is going to be super beneficial to me uh, and and hopefully to you as well. Now, before we jump in, uh, listen, if you haven't already, you should check us out on the web we have a brand new website. I built it myself. So uh, if you don't visit it, it's kind of like a personal insult. I, I don't know. But head over to tinyleaps.fm. That's www.tinyleaps.fm. You can find all the podcast episodes, uh, articles by myself, by contributors. Actually, today, Tuesday, uh, Tuesday, November, what date is today? Tuesday, November 19th. You can find a brand new article by our latest contributor, Jen Trepic. She's the host of a podcast called Salad with a Side of Fries that you may have heard of. And she published a phenomenal article that I highly, highly recommend you give a read. So head over to www.tinyleaps.fm and check out Jen Trepic's newest article. Okay, let's jump into the science of motivation. Now, I'm going to be pulling very heavily here from an article on idonethis.com. Now, I done this is a management tool, but they that helps your team manage their productivity, but they also have a phenomenal blog. And this article was originally written by Kevin Lee back in 2013, and since then it's been updated by Willa Rubin. So shout out to both of those. And I'm going to, of course, link to the full article so you can read the full article. I'm going to be pulling a section to help us better understand what is going on in the brain uh, when it comes to motivation. Uh, And then we'll sort of take the conversation from there to talk about what that means for us and how we can use that in our day to day lives. So again, everything I'm about to say is a direct quote from the article And you should check the link in the description to go read the full article because I think it's really, really illuminating. Cool. Quote, the source of motivation. To trace the source of motivation, let's begin in the brain where neurotransmitters spark chemical messages to keep us alert and on task. Neurotransmitters carry chemical messages that play out in your brain and affect the rest of your body. One neurotransmitter that plays a role in the science of motivation is dopamine. 
Dopamine's chemical signal gets passed from one neuron to the next, and between those two neurons, dopamine interacts with various receptors inside the synapse. This arrangement becomes much more complicated when you multiply the effect through the entire brain. Consider, there are different types of receptors, neurons, and pathways that neurotransmitters can take. Things get complicated fast. For motivation specifically, it matters which pathway dopamine takes. The mesolimbic pathway, which comes from the middle of the brain and branches to various places like the cerebral cortex, is the most important reward pathway in the brain. One of the mesolimbic stops is the nucleus accumbens. When there's an increased amount of dopamine in the nucleus accumbens, it triggers feedback for predicting rewards. Essentially, your brain recognizes that something important is about to happen, so dopamine kicks in. Dopamine performs its tasks before we obtain rewards, meaning that its real job is to encourage us to act, either to achieve something good or to avoid something bad. Most people thought dopamine was the neurotransmitter for pleasure, but when researchers looked more closely, they began to notice strange phenomena. Spikes in dopamine occurred in moments of high stress, like when soldiers with PTSD heard gunfire. Those are hardly pleasurable phenomena, but their dopamine was. In another study, a team of Vanderbilt scientists mapped the brains of go-getters and slackers. They found that people willing to work hard had higher dopamine levels in the striatum and prefrontal cortex, two areas known to impact motivation and reward. Among slackers, dopamine was present in the anterior insula, an area of the brain involved in emotion and risk perception. As Yukon researcher John Salamone explains, Low levels of dopamine make people and other animals less likely to work for things, so it has more to do with motivation and cost-slash-benefit analyses than pleasure itself. End quote. Okay, so what does all this mean? So one of the first things we need to pull out of this is that dopamine is the main neurotransmitter that plays a role in motivation. And contrary to what I've believed up to this point, dopamine is not necessarily released as a reward to something. In fact, it's actually released in response to something that is about to happen. So our body and our brain perceives that something is going to happen soon, whether it's a good thing or a bad thing, and it creates dopamine and sends it into our system to help us take the action required to avoid that thing or move towards that thing. So that's a completely new way of looking at it, something that I did not know and is a little bit mind-blowing for me because I always thought that it was in response to something, that you did something and then you got a hit of dopamine. And I've actually talked about that on this show. So that, that by itself is really, really fascinating. What that ultimately means, though, and how we use it in our own life well, we're going to get into that after the break. So stick with us. Do you remember back in the day when uh, breakfast cereal was your secret weapon for starting the day off, right? You'd wake up, have a nice bowl of whatever your favorite cereal was, head off to school and then bam, crush the day. 
Then you grew up and you realized that the reason you crushed today was because that stuff is full of sugar, excess carbs, and stuff you really just should not be eating. Well, this episode is sponsored by Magic Spoon, a new cereal company that's discovered a way to recreate your favorite childhood cereals with zero sugar, 12 grams of protein, yes, I did just say 12 grams of protein in cereal, and only 3 grams of net carbs in each serving. Magic Spoon offers four flavors of breakfast cereal based on the all-time classics. You've got cocoa, cinnamon, frosted, and fruity, plus a variety pack that lets you try them all. And it's keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, low-carb, and GMO-free, which is probably the most millennial sentence I've ever said. But guess what? I don't care because it's awesome that Magic Spoon is able to do that. So you've got to try Magic Spoon to believe it because it tastes amazing. My personal favorite flavor, the one I recommend you try out, is cocoa. Now, why do I like cocoa? Well, I was a massive, massive fan of Cocoa Puffs growing up and also Cocoa Pebbles and also pretty much anything that was chocolate and milk. Basically my favorite thing ever. But I don't really eat cereal anymore. And when I tried their cocoa flavor, it gave me all the nostalgia of my childhood. All of the Saturday morning cartoons and waking up and eating Cocoa Puffs and watching, I don't know, the Flintstones or Looney Tunes or whatever was on the air at the time. And just... All of those feelings without any of the guilt or the sugar crash or the abdominal pain that sometimes comes from eating crappy food. So I'm a massive, massive fan of Magic Spoon. Love their cocoa flavor. Absolutely recommend you check it out. And you can do so with free shipping. All you have to do is head over to www.magicspoon.com tiny to grab a variety pack and try it today. And be sure to use our promo code tiny, that's T-I-N-Y, at checkout to make sure you get free shipping. So head over to www.magicspoon.com tiny to grab that variety pack. Use the promo code tiny at checkout to get free shipping. And they are so confident in their product that it's backed with a 100 percent happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money. No questions asked. That's magicspoon.com slash tiny and use the code tiny for free shipping. All right. And we are back. We're talking about motivation. We're talking about the role that dopamine plays in our ability to be motivated. And one of the things that we ended that quote on uh, was with a quote by John Salamone, a Yukon researcher. And he said that low levels of dopamine make people and other animals less likely to work for things. So it has more to do with motivation and cost slash benefit analyses than pleasure itself. It's not really about the pleasure response. It's about are you willing and able to work for that pleasure? And and that's what the levels of dopamine really show. Because as we just learned, dopamine is being fired and sent off into our system prior to the thing happening. So how do we use this? Well, if dopamine is the main neurotransmitter in our ability to feel motivated and the more dopamine that we have in our system that we, we uh, are able to generate, the more motivated we'll feel. And if dopamine is created in response to something good about to happen or something bad about to happen, then what we need to do in order to give ourselves the motivation we need, and this isn't going to be easy 
by any stretch of the imagination. But if we're struggling to feel motivated, if we're if we're having a tough day of focus, we just don't want to do things anymore. What we need to do is train our brains to focus on the reward of that task. And this is why you hear about things like uh, why it's important to reward yourself when you do something, why it's important to reward your team when they do something, because it helps us focus on the reward of the thing. It's not so much about the actual task or about the work that needs to get done. It's about the reward that we'll get from that work. Now, this in theory would not work if dopamine came as a response to having done something. If dopamine was, hey, I'm getting this reward and therefore I'm releasing dopamine, then we wouldn't really be able to focus on it and we wouldn't be like, we would just have to use willpower to push ourselves past that point to get to that place. But because we now know that dopamine works in such a way that it releases in order to push us towards that thing, by focusing on the reward, and making it something that we choose that is actually rewarding for us. Maybe that's uh, an extra scoop of ice cream if you're like me and you love ice cream, or maybe that's more time with your partner, or, or maybe it's going to a concert that you really love. By building these reward systems into what you do on a day-to-day basis and allowing yourself to focus on that reward you trick your brain into releasing dopamine to push you towards that reward. Now, I will say this is all theoretical based on what we just learned about dopamine, but this is definitely something I will be trying to build into my own life. And how am I going to do that? Well, the first step that I'm going to take, and I recommend you do so as well, is to revamp my entire reward systems. Right now, I do reward myself when I accomplish things. I do reward myself for a good day's work, but I don't really spend much time focusing on those rewards. I don't reward myself in significant enough ways. And I don't tie those rewards to the tasks that I hate doing the most, the things that I push off the most. And also those rewards aren't immediate enough. Like I know that uh, taking the time to edit articles for, for the new Tiny Leaps contributors will put me in a great place as far as driving more traffic to the site, getting more discovery, getting people into this community. And that is a reward, but that's not concrete enough and it's not soon enough for me to generate the dopamine. I need to push through that really annoying task of getting it actually edited and organized and scheduled and published on the site. So the first thing I need to do is revamp my reward structure and focus on building rewards into my day and tying them to the tasks that I hate doing the most. By doing so and then giving myself the space and the time to focus my energy on those rewards, then I can start to generate more dopamine in those moments and push myself through the actual tasks. So that's the first thing is reward, uh, uh, rebuild my entire reward structure. And then the second, the second thing that I think I personally need to do with this is give myself that space because it's really difficult to focus on a reward if I'm always heads down. And it's also really difficult to 
take a reward, to experience a reward if I'm always heads down. So for me, I need to be willing to carve out that space. Maybe it's an extra hour. Maybe it's an extra 15 minutes where I am actually rewarding myself and I'm actually taking that time and I'm I'm sitting in that reward and experiencing it because that's going to make it easier for me to focus on it in the future. That's going to make it easier for me to understand that if I do this task, I will get this reward and this reward is significant enough and soon enough that my body can then say, okay, cool, let's get some dopamine in your system. So those are my two tasks. Those are my two takeaways. Hopefully that helps you. Like I said, this was definitely an episode that was uh, in a way for me. It's something that uh, I've always been very curious about. And I'm glad that I was able to find that article and pull a little bit of that research. Uh, And now that I know how dopamine works a little bit better, the fact that it releases in anticipation of something rather than in response to something That to me is powerful because it means that we can trigger that to some degree. And potentially by triggering that, we can get ourselves to do more of the things that uh, we just lack the motivation to do. So listen, here's what I think would be extremely helpful. I want to connect with you over on Instagram. So head over to Instagram, search Greg Clunis. I'm at Greg Clunis, G-R-E-G-G-C-L-U-N-I-S. Find me on Instagram and send me a message or comment on a a picture and let me know your thoughts on this. Let me know what you think about this process, this uh, new approach to generating motivation, to artificially creating the motivation we need on a day-to-day basis. I want to hear your thoughts, uh, good or bad. Share them with me. Head over to Instagram. Give me a follow at Greg Clunis, G-R-E-G-G-C-L-U-N-I-S. Give me a follow and then send me a message or comment and let me know your thoughts on this topic. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm super excited to test this out. So in probably the next 30 days, you're going to hear an episode just sort of sharing what I learned from it. But until then, be sure to check out the other episodes and be sure to click subscribe to make sure you never miss a new episode. And with that said, as always, remember that all big changes come from the tiny leaps you take every day, every day, every day.